Climate Watch is CGTN Radio's new podcast focusing on the impact of climate change. We have conversations with people on the front line about this critical issue. Listen to Climate Watch on all major podcast platforms and join us in taking action to save the planet we call home. Hello and welcome to The Top Story, a podcast that brings you the headlines of the day with the help of our correspondents from around the world. I'm Zhu Tianlu, coming up in this edition. Large parts of the United States are baking in an autumn heat wave. Russia has called a new U.S. aid package to Ukraine a criminal act. And India is ready to host the G20 summit this weekend. We begin in North America. An intensive heat wave is blanketing large parts of the United States despite the arrival of autumn. 19 million Americans are under heat alerts with record temperatures in some areas. The heat wave began in the central states and has spread to the mid-Atlantic and the northeast. Schools in some cities have closed. John Terror describes what it's like in New York City. I tell you, I have lived here for 21 years in November, and I've never experienced heat quite like this. I'm absolutely serious with you. It's extraordinary. Not only do we have the sun beating down on us, but we also suffer in New York, and a lot of a lot of people know this, from very, very severe humidity here. It happens all the time. I think because of the proximity that we have to water, the Hudson River over there, the East River over there, the Atlantic Ocean's not far away. So humidity is a very, very big issue here. And listen to some of these temperatures. Now, I live in the suburbs, about 30 miles away, and when I woke up, it was 79 Fahrenheit. That's 26. What's odd about this is that normally, normally, when we get to Labor Day, which we had last Monday, the last big holiday of the season, Honestly, and I'm not joking here, normally the weather breaks the very next day. The kids go back to school and literally the weather changes. It cools down, the rain comes in, all that sort of But not this year, to the point that it's being hailed as this heat wave as the first heat wave of next summer <laughs> is how it's being couched here in the media. And of course, it is the school kiddies that are suffering most of all because they went back to school on Tuesday. Many of them have been sent home in the afternoon since then. Many schools, I think, are closing completely. And the problem is in New York, city itself in the suburbs to the north and to the west in New Jersey, the schools don't have air conditioning. Some of them do, but the majority don't. All outdoor activities are being curtailed until this passes. That was John Terrett on an unusually warm start to autumn in the United States. In Europe, Russia has condemned the U.S. decision to supply Ukraine with weapons that contain depleted uranium. Moscow called it a criminal act. The aid to Ukraine is part of a new package announced by U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken during his visit to Kyiv this week. The Pentagon appears to have U-turned on its decision after saying in March that it would not send depleted uranium munitions to Ukraine. Dasha Chenyshova has more on reactions from Moscow. We have heard Moscow slamming the U.S. decision to supply Ukraine with depleted uranium shells. Moscow says this will be inhumane. Moscow also reiterates that there's been the so-called uranium footprint in the use of these types of weapons, particularly in Yugoslavia in the 90s, saying that there was the jump in the cancer cases for the generations to come. And a similar fate is expected for Ukraine should these type of weapons be used there. The Kremlin has also said that this is said 
said news. And also the Russian embassy in Washington has said that the United States can't help but know about those consequences. They are recorded, according to Moscow, by the several international organizations. And Washington knows very well what sort of weapons it is supplying to Ukraine, what sort of consequences are awaiting the Ukrainians after these type of weapons is applied in the battlefield. We also have heard Moscow before suggesting that the lands of Ukraine that is often described as the breadbasket of the world will also be unusable for the agriculture because of the effect that these type of ammunition will have on the soil. That was Dasha Chinyshova in Moscow. Now to Asia. India is getting ready to host the G20 summit this weekend. New Delhi is stepping up security as leaders arrive for the event. Ravinder Bawa explains what to expect from the summit this year. Well, it's one big mega event which has been India has been preparing for almost a year now after becoming the president of this G20 for this year. India will be passing on the presidency to Brazil after the summit on Sunday, but till then of course, it's a very big, important event as far as India is concerned. Throughout the year, there have been, uh, you know, ministerial meetings which have happened on various issues. We have not seen a joint communique or a joint statement out of any of these ministerial meetings. So that puts a question mark whether on Sunday, will there be a joint communique, a joint statement by the leaders of the G20 group? And what we have seen in the last one year, that from July, there has been a push by India for the African Union to become a member and the positive uh, part of it is that it looks like that there is a consensus among, among the members that yes, African Union should be given the membership and that is something which might be the outcome of this on Sunday but yet, you know, the formalities might take another year for the African Union to be actually included as a member but yes, there is a consensus on that. As far as the joint communique is concerned, the members are not in consensus because of the Russia-Ukraine conflict. And it will be for the first time in the history of G20 if there is no joint communique at the end of the meeting of the leaders on Sunday. Delhi is all set to receive the leaders and it indeed is a big event as far as India is concerned. That was Ravinda Bawa on the G20 summit in India this weekend. More from Asia. Japanese media say residents in Fukushima and its neighboring prefectures intend to file a lawsuit over the discharge of nuclear contaminated water. Terence Terashima has more on their demands. Residents and the fishermen uh, of uh, Fukushima prefecture and uh, nearby prefectures are filing lawsuit against Tokyo Electric Power Company and the government demanding uh, the following two things. One is to stop releasing the treated radioactive uh, wastewater into the ocean. Lawyers argue that the safety of the water discharge plant has not been secured. It, it, ha- it has not been made clear how much radioactive substances other than tritium are contained in the treated water. There's not enough explanation in that front. And uh, uh, while well, the lawsuit was filed in the Fukushima District Court, about 100 people uh, said to have signed on the plaintiff. But uh, some of them also uh, demanded that the, uh, the documents submitted in 2015 by the central government and TEPCO to the Fukushima Prefecture Fisheries Association that said a discharge of treated uh, wastewater would not begin without understanding of relevant parties. 
the lawyers plan to argue that decision to go ahead with the uh, water release uh, violates the terms of the document as uh, not enough understanding has been achieved between the uh, fishing community in, in Fukushima and nearby districts uh, and uh, stop the uh, water discharge immediately. Uh, the residents uh, uh, group said that they're also considering to file additional uh, lawsuit uh, in October depending on the reactions from the government. That was Terence Terashima. Still in Asia, the torch relay for the Hangzhou Asian Games has begun from the host city in eastern China. The torch will travel through 11 cities in Zhejiang province before returning to Hangzhou on September the 20th, ready for the opening ceremony three days later. Chen Ziyuan has more from Hangzhou. After three months of preparation, the spirit of the Asian Games has been lit and passed on through the streets of the host city, Hangzhou. 106 torchbearers participated in the Friday's event. The ceremony was kicked off at the lakeside Yongjing Park and the route wrapped around the West Lake. Some of the well-known torchbearers, including Chinese swimmer and Olympic gold medalist Luo Xuezhen, and also Yang Qian, who is a Chinese sports shooter and also another Olympic gold medalist, was the last run of the relay. I was in different positions during the competitions and games. I believe the first torchbearer got a lot of attention. I feel the pressure, but I'm full of excitement. More than 2,000 torchbearers representing all walks of life will take part in relay events across 11 cities. We rehearsed very carefully. I was counting in my heart while I was running. We need to find the tempo in the process. It was my first time. We need to pay attention to details. It represents the opening of the events. It represents the city of Hangzhou, Zhejiang province and China. Huzhou will be the next city to host a torch relay on Saturday. The spirit of the Asian Games will be delivered and spread around in other cities in Zhejiang province. We will see you in Huzhou. That was Chen Ziyuan on the torch relay for the Hangzhou Asian Games. Finally, to Africa. Retail fuel prices have risen again in South Africa and could hike even further. It has made life even harder for businesses and drivers who are already struggling with high costs. Sumitra Naidu has this report. The latest fuel increase is the largest since December 2022. Petrol went up by 1 rand 71 per litre, while diesel rose by 2 rand 84 cents per litre. The increase in fuel prices of the order of magnitude that we are seeing uh, today uh, is going to have some uh, significant negative impact on consumers of fuel. Uh, In more general terms, the overall inflation rate, which fell to 4.7% in July, can now be expected to rise by about 1% to at least 5.7% or so in September. Consumers will have about 1% less disposable income available after these fuel price hikes. Big business and industry are already spending millions on diesel for transport and generators. Much of these costs are being passed on to consumers. The latest fuel price hike will be another blow, especially to those using public transport. Most workers say their daily commute already takes up almost half their salaries. This is going to affect the whole life, food-wise, rentals, even hospital bills, you name them, especially for those who are using the mode of transport. I think uh, 
they will be affected uh, to enforce uh, there are other people who are using maybe uh, I can say maybe three taxis coming to work so it will affect them big time that's craziness I mean everything else now knock on effect everything else is gonna go up your bread your staple foods and all of those things a sudden spike in international oil prices and a weaker rand are behind the latest increases. The main factor that uh, generated this big hike here in uh, September was an increase in the international price of crude oil of around 7%, mainly as a result of a reduction in supply from Saudi Arabia and Russia uh, aimed at precisely raising the cost of uh, fuel so that they can generate more revenue. With the rand still trading around 1% weaker, there's likely to be more fuel hikes in the coming months. Transport dropped sharply into negative territory in July this year, helping to push inflation to its lowest level in two years. However, these gains may be reversed if fuel prices continue to rise again, as it will also push up food inflation. That was Sumitra Naidu on the rising fuel prices in South Africa. Before we go, the headlines again. Americans are having a very warm autumn so far. Russia has hit out at new U.S. aid to Ukraine that includes munitions containing depleted uranium. And G20 membership for the African Union is on the agenda at the summit in India this weekend. That's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Zhu Tianlu. Thank you for listening.